0: Welcome to the Skilled Finances podcast, my name is Lindy
1: and my name is Tando.
0: We're so glad that you landed on our podcast where we're talking about all things money with a focus on couples finances.
1: Our aim is to inspire you to learn about money so you can use it to live on purpose and leave a legacy.
0: We look forward to taking you along this journey with us, so let's get into today's discussion. Hi guys. Are you currently in a position where you feel like, Do you know what, I'm actually ready to buy my first home? Well, we absolutely get it because we've been there and we've been through the process. Initially, when you start off, it feels like, wow, there's so much information out there or maybe you may be finding out new things that you are not aware of and you go online and you start searching, but you feel like, whoa, Quite overwhelming because there's a lot of information out there about buying your first home and things that you can do. Well, today we're going to be sharing with you five tips that actually worked for us when we were buying our first home.
1: Yes, these five tips are from our own experience and our own journey from when we bought our first home. We made some mistakes along Mm. the way, we had things that we had to learn, so many things to go through. And we just hope that these five tips will help your journey be a little bit more smoother and a lot quicker than ours. And this leads us to the first tip. The first tip is this, you need to know how much you can afford to buy, Mm. how much you can afford to get as a mortgage. Trust me, this will save you so much pain, so much time along your way, because what happened with us is this, we wanted to buy a house. So we started to look at what's our dream home, you know, what's the area that we'd love to live, how many bedrooms we'd love to have. And we got crushed. We got crushed because when we're looking at the prices, we realized that we can't afford these houses. And therefore, if you start off by saying, how much can I actually afford to buy as a house, you can actually start to look with some direction with some ideas. And um, I guess some knowledge of how much you can actually afford realistically speaking here, because you might have every intention to live in a certain area but you might not be able to afford it. You might have every intention to buy a house, a certain type of house, but you might not be able to afford it. Save yourself the heartache and the heartbreak as you're going through the journey and looking through right move of Zoopla to only find that you can't afford the house that you really want. The way you do this is through an agreement in principle. Mm. Now, there's two ways that you can get this done. Number one, you can speak to a mortgage advisor. They will do it all for you and they'll tell you upfront how much you can afford to borrow as a mortgage. Or you can do it yourself. It's quite simple to do. All you do is you go to each bank's website and you type in agreement in principle or mortgage in principle or decision in principle. All of those three terms really mean the same thing. It's getting an an indication of how much you can borrow as a mortgage from Mm. that bank. Now, the reason why you go to different banks is because each bank will calculate that affordability in different ways. They each have different rules. So bank number one might say we'll give you X amount and then bank number two will give you a completely different outcome. Now, there are three reasons why an agreement in principle is important, whether you do it yourself or whether you go through a mortgage broker. Number one, it gives you a realistic picture of how much you can actually afford to buy a house because it tells you you can borrow a mortgage of this amount based on all the details that you give them, such as your income, your current debt levels, Mm. um, where you work and all that kind of stuff. The second reason why doing an agreement in principle is great is because it does a soft search on your credit file. Now, a soft search means that it doesn't impact your credit score, but the beauty of this, it answers a key question. Is your credit score good enough to get a mortgage to begin with? No matter how much you save or how you feel or anything like that, if your credit score is not good enough to get a mortgage, unfortunately, you will just get a big fat no when you make your application patient The third reason why it's important to get one is because when you are actually viewing your houses, estate agents will usually ask whether you already have an um, agreement in principle of sorts. The reason why they ask this is because they don't want to waste time. They don't want to be talking to you when you're not even an eligible Mm. buyer, when you're not even somebody who can afford to get a mortgage. So it gives you an extra footing when you're viewing housing, but also it gives you an extra footing if you're making an offer. Because if you're making an offer on a property and you say to them, listen, I want to buy this house. I'm making an offer. I already have the agreement in principle from a bank to get the mortgage, you're more likely, uh, I guess, to be seen in a better light than yeah. somebody else who doesn't have one, essentially. Now, the key thing to remember here is that agreement in principle is not a guarantee. It is simply an indication. Right. It is a- an indication of can you get a mortgage. Um, as, as a quote, if you'd like. Mm. But it's a really good indication because of the soft search. And because when you put in your figures, it gives you a very good outcome of, okay, this is how much you might be able to borrow. But it is still just an indication. It's not a guarantee. Uh, you would only have a guaranteed answer when you actually apply for the mortgage, right. which is done at the time when you have a house already, you've made your offering and you're ready to take the next step. However, despite the fact that it's not a guarantee, it is still a very, very good indication to have.
0: Right, and that leads us on to our second tip because it's closely linked to what can you afford? What exactly do you want? It's so important for you to just take some time, just sit down and make a list of what exactly you want your house to have. Because if you start going out there to look, you can easily get swayed by anything. You look at a two-bedroomed house and you think, oh, I like this one. You look at a flat and you think, oh, I like this one. You go into a five-bed and you think, oh, I like this one. But really, you're not concentrating on what exactly you want because you've not sat down to really think about it beforehand. Think about um, maybe the type of house that you want. Do you want a semi-detached house? Do you want a detached house? Do you want a flat? Do you want a new build or do you want a pre-owned house? Do you want to be in the city or do you want to be in the outskirts or do you want to actually move from where you currently live to a completely new city? You have to sit and think about those things beforehand and sitting down to make this list will actually really help you to make that decision and decide what exactly you want.
1: Yeah, and this is actually quite important to definitely not skip this step. One of the reasons is because like, you know, when you're looking for a house, it's easy to just get mesmerized and to forget yeah. why you're looking in the first place. No, you need to really know why is it that you want to buy a house? Is it somewhere to settle down? Is it somewhere that you want to buy and maybe rent out a spare bedroom? Right. Is it somewhere that you want to buy and have your family over? What is the reason that you want to buy a house? And that will influence, I guess, the style of house that you're going to be looking yeah. for. Because you want to look for the house that meets your needs not just a house that everybody has. So make sure that you understand this part or you take the time to really make that list to say, okay, I want this house because of this, that and the other. Therefore, for me to have this, that and the other, the house needs to have these particular attributes and features within it.
0: Absolutely. And that links in with thinking about what are you not willing to compromise on when you start looking for the house? And I think... That is one really important part. What am I not willing to go with that? Even if the house is nice, if it doesn't have these particular things, then it's a no from me. And I also believe that it will give you some sort of clarity. Making the list and deciding what exactly you want sets you on the right path in your home journey.
1: Tip number three is so obvious we almost didn't say it, but we're going to say it. And that is to save as much as you can. Now, I'm sure you've heard this many, many times that when you're buying a house, you need to save a lot of money. You know, there's the deposit to think about, the moving costs to consider, there's solicitor fees and every other cost and fees that will come along the way when you're buying a house. But the reason why this is so powerful is genuinely because there are more things to pay for than you realise yeah. and there are more costs that will come up that you have no idea you even needed to pay for. This might even be the obvious. Yes, you may have a high deposit, a mortgage fee, a solicitor's fee and all other fees that come along the way. But it might be in the other things that are not quite obvious. Mm. So for example, with our, in our case, we bought a house and obviously we seen the house, we looked at everything, yeah. we were happy with it, only to realise that when we moved in, that the furnishing that we actually had didn't quite fit the house. <laughs> and, and so we had to basically buy a new furniture Now that's a cost that we didn't necessarily account for but it is a thing to think about.
0: That's absolutely right because another thing is a lot of times people think well if I've saved the deposit I've saved the moving fees and all these other things that happen before I move in the house that's it that's that's the end of the story I'm good once I move in but think beyond just the before Think about what will happen after. There will be things that come up in the house as well that you might have to pay for. You might have to fix a few things in the house as well. So that also needs money. Don't just think about the pre buying the house. Think about the post buying the house. And the other thing about being a homeowner, when you own the house, anything that happens in the house or breaks in the house or isn't working in the house, you're not running to your landlord. You are the person that's going to fix it. So also think about things like that and save a bit on the side for anything that may come up, any unexpected things that may come up. That is,
1: yeah, absolutely. But you know, no matter what we're saying, the hardest thing to save for is still going to be your deposit. Right. So there's a couple of things that you can obviously leverage to give you a little bit of edge as you're saving up for your deposit. Uh, in the UK, we've got particular accounts that are provided to help you in this journey. Mm. So one of those is the Lifetime ISA. The Lifetime ISA is an account that you can save money into primarily for two reasons number one is to save for a house deposit and number two is to save for your retirement essentially and the money that you put in there, you can't take it out unless for one of those two reasons. So if you know that you definitely want to save for a house deposit, you could leverage the lifetime ISA. The reason why it's a bonus uh, or it's a good thing to do is because of the bonus that you get. The government will give you a 25% bonus every year yeah. for the money that you save into this account. Um, the limit is that you can only save a maximum of £4,000. But still, that's the £1,000 bonus that the yeah. government will give you every year to boost your deposit yeah. and to boost your money towards your goals. The second thing that's available to you are the help to buy schemes. Uh, So you've got the equity loan scheme and the shared ownership scheme. Each of them works slightly differently. But the idea behind both of them is that they're giving you some helping hand if you'd like, in order for you to buy a house, particularly if your deposit is small. So for example, with the equity loan, you borrow some money from the government up to 20% as a deposit for that house. It's interest free for five years. And then after five years, you either pay it off or you start paying interest on it if you haven't paid it off. But essentially what that means is you've got an extra bit of money that you can use as a deposit for your house. The shared ownership scheme works slightly differently where you buy a portion of the house. Mm. Say you buy 50% of the house and you rent the other 50% out. Um, But again, both of these schemes are in place to help you, to give you a little bit of boost as you're saving up for your deposit. Because we understand that is genuinely one of the hardest things to save for because that was the hardest thing for us to save for.
0: So tip number four is another one that you may actually think well that's really obvious but it's so important and it's to do your research. Like if you've never done research before do it really well when it comes to your house because once you've bought it it's not like you can return it. To start off with definitely do some research into the location that you want to live in. If anything you have to really love or like where you live because that's where you'll spend most of your time. So that's one thing that we did. We actually came to the area and we would just walk around. And that was actually really good because we actually got to meet some of the neighbours and you get to have conversations with those people. And you can actually ask some questions like, what are the people like here? What's the area like? What actually happens in this area? What sort of interesting things do I need to know about? And a lot of the times the neighbours are quite keen to let you know what the area is like. And another important thing that you can do is to research the running costs of the house that you're buying. So I love Zoopla because it's good for this. Anytime that you're looking for a house, it will tell you things like how much the mortgage can be, how much the internet can be, how much the electric bill can be as well. So start doing your research as to how much the bills could be once you've moved in. I feel like it gives you a bit of an upper hand because you can actually start budgeting those things into your actual budget before you move into your home. So it's really important. And if you're someone who's buying a new build, for example, when you go do your house viewings and you're talking to the people at the site, like the site managers or the people that run the site office, have conversations with them about how much those things cost as well. They're really good at just letting you know like the Type of broadband that people are using on their stay or how much things cost. So make sure you do in depth research. It will save you a lot in the long run. Tip
1: number five is for you to be very, very focused. But to also be very, very patient. Right. And let me explain. When you're looking for a house, you know, you're literally going to be focused. You're going to be looking on Rightmove or Zoopla and everywhere you can yeah. almost all the time. Yeah. And it can be a very long journey until you actually find a couple of houses that you like. Um, and if you're buying as, you know, as a couple like we did, you find that there may be times where I'll find a house that Lindy doesn't like. Lindy yeah. finds a house that I literally don't like. And we're <laughs> constantly going back and forth. And it takes a long time just to find that one house that we both agree on. And that can take its time, but you need to stay focused. You need to literally remember that you are on this journey and it can be a long time. Because as you're saving and you're seeing your savings growing and growing and growing, it can be tempting to use that money for other things, for something else. You might think to yourself, well, look, we can actually afford this, that and the other. But you have to be focused to say, our goal is to buy a house. So that's what we're going to keep our money for. That's what we're going to keep our focus and our attention towards until we attain that goal. And then the patient side of things, well, anything can happen right. on this journey. You could get distracted, things can come up, life happens, but you need to be patient. You might even find a house, make an offer, and it just gets declined because somebody else made a better offer. Yeah. You might find a house and be ready to proceed and be ready to go on and something goes wrong with the searches or the mortgages pull out, whatever. Yeah. You have to be patient on this journey. The one thing that we did that helped us to really stay focused and to really stay patient, believe it or not, was house viewings. Yeah. We kept going to house House viewings over and over and over again because it literally just kept the fire burning. Every time we'd view a house, we would start imagining that like, okay, maybe this could be a house, and imagine if this was a house tomorrow, yeah. and we'd have this here and that here, and that literally just kept the dream alive. Because as I said, life happens, and anything can happen to distract you from your journey towards buying a house. But just stay focused, stay patient. We definitely believe that you can do it because we did it as well.
0: Yeah, and whilst you're talking about patience, I think it's important to say that you may face delays and we faced a lot of delays. And if anything, I feel like that was the hardest part about buying our first home. Yeah. Saving up the deposit was, it's hard. It's not, saving up money is not an easy thing, right? But saving up the deposit in comparison to the delays, I felt like it was nothing because then you're constantly, you're not in control. That's the thing. And I think when you're buying your house and you're buying your home you're thinking okay so i want to go from this step to the next step to the next step to the next step and get to completion and everything is fine without any issues and nothing going wrong but because it's a process that involves other people and different things and different companies or different people that are getting involved in your process you will face challenges and you will face maybe delays and you're quite blessed if you're that type of person that's not had to deal with any issues and everything's just been smooth but you may be that person that actually faces a few things and a few issues along the way but don't be discouraged and don't lose hope. It will happen. You just have to be patient and you just have to keep reminding yourself your why. Remember why you were doing it. Remember why you're on this journey. At the end of the day, you will actually get your home, but it's just that maybe you have to go through a few hurdles and overcome a few things to actually get there. But also surround yourself with people that encourage you and remind you of your why. We did that quite a lot where we spent time with our friends. At times when we were feeling quite down about the whole journey and the process, we spent time with our friends and they would always remind us our why. And they'd be like, just remember that, at the end of it all, you'll be in your house. It's okay. Yes, it sucks at the moment, but at the end of it all, you will be in your home. So just remember that whilst you're on the journey that it requires a lot of patience
1: yeah and that concludes today's discussion we hope that those five tips have been so useful to you and encourage you to keep going on the journey yeah. if you are on this journey to buy a house now one thing that we'd love to know is how is your house buying journey going and how have you found it if you've been through that before what's the one tip that you'd live for somebody on this journey in yeah. order for them to keep going let us know in the comments if you're watching this on youtube but if you're listening on the podcast feel free to jump over to youtube and leave a comment on there as well we'd love to hear from you
0: absolutely so- so make sure you subscribe to our channel remember to click that notification bell and hit the like button if you've really found this video useful and we'll see you soon.
1: We firmly believe that knowledge is powerless without action so think about the one action you're going to take from today's discussion. To learn more about money make sure you subscribe and tune in every week for a new discussion.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today.